0: Hey, welcome to the Caballi School Innovators Podcast. A podcast where we dive into stories of changemakers
1: and innovators within the Fordham community.
0: I'm Brett. Amalia. I'm Geraldo. I'm Gianna.
2: And we are Fordham students trying to promote innovation on campus.
0: In this episode, we have the pleasure of welcoming Charlotte Holzman, who recently graduated Fordham with a bachelor's in digital design and computer science. In this episode, Charlotte will share with us her journey towards creating Swim Lab, SWM Lab, a company of women's sustainable swimwear that focuses on art for the body and expression from the mind. So without any further ado, enjoy this episode.
2: So Charlotte, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's so nice to um, finally stand and talk with you about your business Swim Lab. Is that how you say it?
3: Yes, that's correct. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. I mean, it's, I really appreciate the opportunity. I've never actually talked about it on a podcast or in a more of a professional light before. So I'm excited.
2: Just, I guess, to start off, tell us a little bit about Swim Lab and like how you came up with the idea and what your kind of goal is with Swim Lab.
3: Yeah, sure. So, um, I'll start with kind of what our brand line is and move from there. So, um, basically it's kind of art for the body and expression from the mind, which I'll explain a little bit more, but basically swim lab is like a sustainable size, inclusive, high fashion swimwear brand that focuses on, you know, the, the woman wearing the suit rather than the suit itself. Um, and the upcoming collection that will probably be i mean i'm still in the manufacturing process but most likely will be dropping the first collection um, this spring summer. Uh, But the first collection features really vivid color narratives and abstract patterns that were actually painted and photographed in an art studio outside of London um, by an artist and dear friend, family friend of mine um, who has a background in fashion editing in Florence and a master's in fine art and is actually the chairman of the color collective in the United Kingdom. Um, So the goal first swim lab is to give our target woman the opportunity to kind of, you know, express her confidence and authenticity and, you know, personality and uniqueness while kind of complementing her physique. And I felt like um, there was no better way to do that than, you know, with someone whose expertise lies in uh, mainly art and fashion and the whole psychology of color theory. And so um, that kind of all came together together in the middle of the pandemic and, um, to more on like how I came up with the idea, um, just about like my background in, you know, fashion. Um, I adopted an interest in high fashion specifically and European fashion trends at quite a young age, um, from, you know, just my mom's sense of style. I did model a bit throughout high school and end up taking, um, a trip to Paris. And so, the combination of traveling and you know, looking through magazines and having my mom's fashion influence as well as just observing other people um, really helped me adopt a like strong passion for um, fashion and style. But I've always found swimsuits and swimwear specifically to be one of my favorite fashion statements. I, um, I definitely have spent way too much money on swimwear in my life, but I just find it interesting that you know it's such an intimate form of apparel for women women but like unlike bras it's actually designed to be seen um and i really love how swimwear is kind of evolving into more of a which also you'll see if you look at you know european magazines you'll see that swimwear is evolving into more of like a a versatile high fashion statement than a swimming accessory um, because women are feeling more free to express their confidence and personality through, you know, embracing their figures and their bodies, and um, I mean, all over social media, you'll see women wearing triangle bikinis under blazers, or you know, deep V plunge one pieces with skirts and high waisted jeans. And I think it's really cool that like such a small piece of fabric that is was designed to just be a swimming accessory can be such a strong statement um so I mean after all that <laughs> I came up with the idea after looking at some pillows that my mom gave me because um who I mentioned before who lives in the UK her name is Susie Bellamy and she's a, a dear family friend that um we met when my family was living in Italy um but she basically uh puts her designs and her paintings. Onto cushions and curtains. And my mom gave me a couple of her pillows, and um, they're just such beautiful, colorful, abstract designs. And I thought, hmm, like, I'd love to wear these. <laughs> Um, so I basically, I, I kind of used my minimal Adobe skills and, um, pasted some of her designs onto some swimsuit mock-ups that I created. And I called her and basically was like, look, I have an idea. I want to showcase your art in the U S while giving myself an opportunity to get into fashion design. Um, and being as amazing and lovely that she as she is, she gave me a chance, which I'm so grateful for. And that's kind of how it all started.
2: <laughs> that's amazing. So I guess, like, you said you lived in Italy, and then you were traveling in Paris. So tell us a little bit about, like, you and your story and yeah, how you got to sure. Fordham.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, like, I'm definitely all over the place. Um, so I grew up in... Um, uh, the New Hampshire area. So in this tiny little town called Portsmouth, right on the seacoast. Um, so kind of grew up in a, in a small town area. And, um, I was very fortunate enough as a, as a kid to, um, be able to travel quite a bit. So my family really valued, you know, seeing new places and, um, with their jobs, like we were allowed to travel. So, um, we ended up just up and moving to Italy when I was in like second grade uh, which was definitely a little bit of a terrifying experience at the time Um, but it was kind of opened my eyes to just you know there's there's other cultures and people out there and um, especially in Florence there's such an appreciation for art and fashion and Um, cultural and personal expression that I had never experienced in the the U.S. before, especially growing up in such a small town. So um, that really kind of opened my eyes to the the world of architecture and art and design. And um, I feel like I mean, I tried, I try to say I got as, like, uh, as much as possible out of that experience, but I was also in second grade, so to a certain level I didn't, you know, like, appreciate it as much as I could have, but I will say that I definitely um, observed and you know, developed an appreciation for fashion and art. Um, And so, I mean, after hopping around a little bit, I ended up um, getting into modeling when I turned 15. um, And that was when I was in high school. I was going to boarding school in Massachusetts. So um, I had to kind of leave boarding school quite a bit and go, you know, leave for modeling jobs. And um, I only did this for a couple of years. And um, my senior year of high school, I ended up traveling to Paris for a modeling convention, which was terrifying, but also really cool. And, um, I was able to see a whole nother level of, you know, European fashion and through that. So uh, I was very fortunate enough to be able to do that. Um, uh, unfortunately the modeling industry just wasn't for me. Um, I experienced like a, a whole nother level of, you know, um, just grit and kind of this, tearing, tearing other people down to get where you want that. I, I I mean, didn't really, I really didn't want to be in that. (laughs) Um, but I, that definitely didn't, you know, damper my appreciation and my love for fashion. So that, that definitely stayed throughout this, this whole experience. And then, um, I ended up going to college at American university where I, pivoted a little bit to political journalism, um, just because it's such a great city to focus on that. But um, I went to college there in 2017, so it was a little bit of a tumultuous time to be in DC. And um, overall, it was a really awesome experience, but I ended up wanting to see what else is out there. So I transferred to Fordham, <laughs> long story short, that's how I got to Fordham. and. Um, I, I mean, I've kind of fell in love with New York and the Bronx and everyone at Fordham was so welcoming and so, you know, like kind. So I, I really like, I definitely am happy that I made that decision. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's basically my, a little bit about me and my background and how I ended up at Fordham.
1: You are probably one of our most worldly uh, guests. (laughs) Um, Like you were talking about uh, moving to Florence and then coming to New York. And I just want to know, what would you say were like some of your biggest influences, right? Um, When it came to um, creating Swim Lab, right? Because you talked a lot about your um, interest in fashion and interest in art. And I want to know, what would you say is the biggest influence out of all of them?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, that's a really great question. And I wish I could say there was one person in particular that influenced and inspired me. And I guess if I had to say, um, it would definitely be probably my mom. I mean, she kind of introduced me. I mean, she is the most fashionable person I know. (laughs) Um, but she kind of was right by my side throughout all of that. Like she was the one taking me to all these modeling jobs and, Um, taking me to my first, you know, meeting, uh, modeling meeting, and she, we, like, she is the same kind of bug for traveling that I do, so, and the same appreciation for art. I mean, she also has a a master's in um, art history, so she kind of has that same, like, appreciation and drive to, you know, observe and create and, you know, um, appreciate art as much as I have developed. Um, <clears throat> so I'd say she is a really big influence as well as, you know, the rest of my family, but, um, there's also just, I feel like in association to swim lab and who has been my biggest influence when starting swim lab, I would say, uh, just a huge collection of people and experience, including, you know, family, friends, and, even just everyone I've seen all over social media, I feel like there's been, especially during this time during the pandemic, there's just been such a increase in um, social media consumption and social media use. But not, I mean, obviously in a negative way, but also in you know a kind of inspiring way, where a lot of people are kind of starting their own side projects and pursuing a lot of passions that. Um, I feel like a lot of people didn't feel like they had time to do before, you know, being in quarantine. And so I've seen all over my social media, even just people from the Fordham community, you know, starting their own tie dye business or like a fashion page or you know a cooking page and i think that just the combination of you know personal influences and support as well as just seeing how inspiring it is that other people are taking advantage of this time um i think is really amazing and so i'd say like i i really have been trying to you know manage my time and manage you know like stay on social media and off social media, a healthy amount, but I would say that I actually have been, you know, greatly influenced by the amazing people that I follow on Instagram and in the Fordham community.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, And just to follow up on that, right? You talked a little bit about the pandemic and how people are now taking this opportunity now that they have a little downtime to, you know, start their passion project, right? And, you know, you are a young entrepreneur. So um, I think our audience would love to hear what have been some of the struggles that you have had to overcome or some of the misconceptions that are tied to entrepreneurship.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll start with the first part of your question, but uh, in terms of struggles, I just, I don't know what isn't a struggle. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't even know where to start. Just honestly, having to Push myself to keep learning um, has been a huge boundary to overcome. I don't have a background in business and I don't really know a lot of people that do. So, um, just honestly, finding the right people to guide me and help me and just being able to ask for help in general has been a huge boundary. Um, there, I mean, there's so many other people with business backgrounds and (laughs) that are probably way more fit to start a business than I am. And so honestly, that imposter feeling of imposter syndrome has also been kind of uh, difficult to push away. And I think training my brain to You know, just keep reminding myself that I I can do it. Not to sound super cliche, but it has been just alone a huge boundary. Um, It's definitely, especially during the manufacturing process, um, which is probably I don't know if it's the most difficult part because I'm in the process right now. But it, it seems like it's the most difficult part. You know, you have to talk to all these people and maintain communication and with, you know, the printers and my manufacturing company and um, my different contacts for fabric and as well as Susie. So it's it's been a lot to manage. And I think managing my own time and myself is hard enough, like, let alone, you know, managing a, a business. And so, I mean, I think that finding the right people to ask for help and just training myself to Um, you know, keep going and, you know, keep reminding myself that I'm, I'm capable is uh, alone has just been a huge battle. Um, And in terms of misconceptions as an entrepreneur, um, I feel like there's definitely a common misconception about starting a business and having to drop everything you're doing to make it work. Um, I mean, as you all know, I mean, we're in school and I'm a senior at Fordham. And so, I mean, there's lots of times when I tell other people about my business and then I get a follow-up question, like, Oh, so did you drop out? Like, (laughs) what's, what happened next? Like, are you just focusing on this? Like, Oh my gosh, that's insane. Um, And have you had anything else, a time for anything else? But honestly, like I need my classes and my side jobs to make, Swim Lab successful. So on the side, I do design websites and apps. um, And I kind of do that as a freelance job. And also, I'm obviously taking classes. So it is a lot to balance out. Um, But I mean, I need all these design skills that I'm learning in my classes. And just, you know, the, the resources at Fordham alone to be able to make this successful. And I need to Make money <laughs> to you know make this successful as well. So um just kind of like the misconception about having to drop everything you're doing, drop out, quit your job, um, and start this business has been a misconception as well as like I feel like um also just having to have a business background, I feel like is a misconception. I just spoke about how that's a struggle because I feel like I wish I did have a business background, but Um, I think that it's not necessary because throughout this entire process, I've met a ton of people starting businesses that don't have anything close to a business background. And although it definitely helps, (laughs) it makes the process a lot easier. uh, I don't think it's necessary. And I think that's also a common misconception about being an entrepreneur.
2: That's great. Can you talk a little bit about like what at Fordham specifically has helped contribute to like your success with Swim Lab? And I noticed like how I found you was through the uh, the Fordham Foundry Instagram. So if you could talk a little bit about the Foundry and then maybe some other resources, if you have any um, yeah. at Fordham.
3: Absolutely. Well, I mean, I definitely have talked about how um, having, you know, Fordham resources has been helpful, but just having a community at Fordham um, has been huge for just contacts and idea validation. So idea validation was definitely a a long first part of the process. When I first, you know, called up my family friend Susie, um, and she gave me the okay to kind of keep playing around with the idea, I kind of took to my community at Fordham and, you know, send probably was really annoying. (laughs) Um, But I kind of reached out to all of them to send them the styles and the designs. And I really, it's important to me that I don't make any decisions on my own based on, you know, what swimsuit styles and what patterns are going to be, you know, part of the first collection. So I didn't want to make any um, egotistical design decisions. So I posted all of, um, design that you had, um, on Instagram and made a poll. (laughs) And then as well as like different styles, I said, you know, what are your favorite styles, blah, 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 and kind of sent them around to my whole, all like Fordham community, as well as posting it on Instagram, which, um, I definitely, have a big following from Fordham so that was kind of the reason I did that is because I got a um a lot of feedback from Fordham students so just having that community alone has been amazing for idea validation and I like I said social media has been an awesome tool for me to bounce ideas off of other people Um, my friends and classmates from Fordham they've all been amazingly responsive with feedback and ideas and not to mention how many people are so fashion forward at Fordham like (laughs) is I mean obviously we're in New York so um there's so many you know know, fashion forward women at Fordham and that really helps too because um it's kind of people who share the same passion um as you for fashion which really helps Um, and they've all been incredibly helpful in weighing in on styles and signs Um, so I'm really grateful for that but the, yeah, and you said, you mentioned that you found me through the Foundry's Instagram story. Um, I've been involved with the Foundry since I transferred to Fordham my sophomore year, Um, and at the time, I was really unsure, you know, what clubs to join, and was kind of a little bit petrified as to what to do as a new transfer. It definitely was a a little bit scary and uh, a, a big adjustment, but um <clears throat> I immediately became interested in the Foundry when they sent out a school-wide email about the annual Foundry Pitch Challenge. Um <laughs> so pitching an idea, um, and at the time I pitched um a like a, a news app that um, separates you know news articles into different biases. Um so that was my my kind of idea that I pitched at the 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 Fordham um, foundry challenge. Um and so I mean, just kind of pitching an idea to a room full of people and judges gave me kind of my first taste of something like, I don't know, entrepreneur's adrenaline or panic (laughs) or combination of both, but um, whatever it was, it, it definitely motivated me to, you know, keep being involved with the Foundry. And after that, I signed up for a class with the Foundry that wouldn't even wouldn't even count towards my major or any of my core classes, which is hard enough because I'm already behind as a transfer, but I still was like, I'm gonna take this class. Um, <clears throat> so um, I f- signed up for the class to, uh, centered around launching a startup and I knew nothing about business or finance, like I said. So learning things like how to fill out a balance sheet was both extremely informative infor- and infuriating, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it was really helpful. And like Al and Milton and everyone at the Foundry has been amazing, and you know, getting me in touch with alumni who have started their own businesses, and they're always you know asking questions about what I'm doing, and so it's it's been awesome to you know keep in touch with them, and every once in a while I still get like a, I mean I'm living in Seattle right now, but um, I still get emails about. From you know alumni saying, oh, you know, I, I I heard got your email from Al, and so they're they're always trying to um, you know connect students with you know different alumni and you know contacts in their industry that they know, which I think is awesome. And so having them as a resource has been really really great and I think that was probably one of the best decisions I made when I got to Fordham was to get involved with them because I've just I've learned so much and it's definitely helped a lot throughout the entire process of starting a business
1: yeah I mean shout out to our friends at the foundry I think that they are (laughs) uh, and I think that you would agree that they're a great resource especially for students that want to um, start a passion project start a business and now I want to ask you a question that we ask all of our interviewees, what, what you are curious about right now. And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be swim lab related. doesn't have to be entrepreneurship related. Just what are you interested in right now? What is occupying your mind at this point? Yeah,
3: definitely. Well, I feel like uh, in the past year or so, I've been fully, you know, <laughs> just invested in trying to take full advantage of my time and resources because I will say that in the past, um, which is also something if I could go back and, you know, change, I would probably work on uh, a long time ago, but I definitely am not the most organized person. And I definitely have my fair share of procrastination issues and, you know, I, I think I've fully invested myself in the past year in trying to take advantage of um, my time and resources and figuring out, you know, in consideration of, you know, how my mind works, how to manage my time in the best way. And this has been, you know, this has been all about like journaling and reading a lot of books. I've read more books during this pandemic than I have probably in my entire life, which is really sad. (laughs) But um, I mean, I've been reading a lot of books about, you know, psychology and biopsychology and kind of because I feel like I need some some background. I mean, I read my fair share of self help books, but I feel like the the books that I've read, Um, like specifically the defining decade, which people who follow me on Instagram will know that I've posted that book a million times, but it, it talks about kind of how to break down and organize your work life um, and having the specific balance and um, just learning things about like, now that I'm, you know, I'm 21 years old and in the past, you know, my emotional um, hippocampus has kind of like when you're in your 20s and you know when you're in your teens like your the your emotional side of your brain is really kind of taking the forefront and so that's what you know charges decisions of like partying and stuff like that and you know procrastinating and wanting to just scroll through social media and then i feel like as i've you know i gotten older um and as well as you know reading all these books about you know, how my brain works um, and how, you know, in, once you get to your twenties and um, your amygdala, like your kind of, your more decision-making part of your brain starts to take a seat. Um, And so I feel like I've, just learning little facts like that has helped me, um, kind of organize myself. And, um, <clears throat> it's weird. Cause like, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. Like I'm reading about like the brain and, <laughs> but, um, I think that just reading books and resources and reading articles about like, you know, how to maximize your productivity and maximize your resources and, you know, how learning how to, you know, invest in the stock market, all that stuff has been all contributing to my just, Desire to maximize my my time and my resources as much as possible. So I feel like in the in the past year alone, I've been focusing mostly on that, which has been uh, definitely. I've learned a lot about myself.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, and I just want you to have this opportunity to plug any of your social media, just so our audience can know what you've been working on. And um, Swim Lab, your personal social media. The uh, floor is yours.
3: Yeah. Okay. So, um, I also should say that the swim lobs website will be up this week. Um, I've been tweaking it a lot, but the website should be up and, it uh, doesn't, won't include any of like the products, but, um, that will be the platform where all I will put all the pre-sales and, you know, just put all the announcements. And so that's definitely exciting. Um, and that'll be up pretty soon. Um, in terms of the Instagram, um, the Instagram for swim lab is swim lab. So that's S W M dot lab. Um, and you can also find that on the bio of my personal Instagram, which is just Charla Holzman. Um, and so I, I really have been trying to, you know, put all the information about swim lab and onto that, because I feel like Instagram is really the place where, you know, it's been gaining the most traction and I've been putting all of the, my ideas out there. So um, <clears throat> also if, Also, if anyone wants to, you know, prefers Facebook, the Facebook page is just the same thing, Swim Lab.
1: Yeah, that's exciting. Congratulations.
3: Thank you. Yeah, it's really exciting. There's a lot of exciting stepping, stepping stones to come in the next couple months.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was great having a conversation with you. And we look forward to all the great things that Swim Lab is going to put out in the future.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate the time to get to talk to you guys.
2: Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at the Gabelli School Innovators Podcast to keep up with the latest episodes. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Now, a quick fun fact for you all. According to a report published on Business Wire, swimwear manufacturers and designers focus on the comfort level of swimwear because it has a high impact on consumer purchase decision. But the popularity of value-added features such as trendy prints and convenient cuts is really what drives market growth. So, dear listener, what is your swimwear going to look like this summer?